Section eighteen of Confessions, Volumes three and four. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Giessen. Confessions, Volumes three and four, by Jean Jacques Rousseau. Anonymously translated. Section eighteen i remained at lyons seven or eight days to wait for some little commissions with which madame de varence had charged mademoiselle du chatelet who during this interval i visited more assiduously than before having the pleasure of talking with her of her friend and being no longer disturbed by the cruel remembrance of my situation or painful endeavours to conceal it mademoiselle du chatelet was neither young nor handsome but did not want for elegance she was easy and obliging while her understanding gave price to her familiarity she had a taste for that kind of moral observation which leads to the knowledge of mankind and from her originated that study in myself she was fond of the works of le sage particularly gilles blas which she lent me and recommended to my perusal i read this performance with pleasure but my judgment was not yet ripe enough to relish that sort of reading i liked romances which abounded with high-flown sentiments thus did i pass my time at the grate of mademoiselle du chatelet with as much profit as pleasure it is certain that the interesting and sensible conversation of a deserving woman is more proper to form the understanding of a young man than all the pedantic philosophy of books i got acquainted at the chassat with some other boarders and their friends and among the rest with a young person of fourteen called mademoiselle serre whom i did not much notice at that time though i was in love with her eight or nine years afterwards and with great reason for she was a most charming girl i was fully occupied with the idea of seeing madame de varence and this gave some respite to my chimeras for finding happiness in real objects i was the less inclined to seek it in non-entities i had not only found her but also by her means and near her an agreeable situation she having sent me word that she had procured one that would suit me and by which i should not be obliged to quit her i exhausted all my conjectures in guessing what this occupation could be but i must have possessed the art of divination to have hit it on the right 
i had money sufficient to make my journey agreeable mademoiselle du chatelet persuaded me to hire a horse but this i could not consent to and i was certainly right for by so doing i should have lost the pleasure of the last pedestrian expedition i ever made for i cannot give that name to those excursions i have frequently taken about my own neighbourhood while i lived at moutier it is very singular that my imagination never rises so high as when my situation is least agreeable or cheerful when everything smiles around me i am least amused my heart cannot confine itself to realities cannot embellish but must create real objects strike me as they really are my imagination can only decorate ideal ones if i would paint the spring it must be in winter if i describe a beautiful landscape it must be while surrounded with walls and i have said a hundred times that where i confined in the bastille i could draw the most enchanting picture of liberty on my departure from lyon i saw nothing but an agreeable future the content i now with reason enjoyed was as great as my discontent had been at leaving paris notwithstanding i had not during this journey any of those delightful reveries i then enjoyed my mind was serene and that was all i drew near the excellent friend i was going to see my heart overflowing with tenderness enjoying in advance but without intoxication the pleasure of living near her i had always expected this and it was as if nothing new had happened meantime i was anxious about the employment madame de varence had procured me as if that alone had been material my ideas were calm and peaceable not ravishing and celestial every object struck my sight in its natural form i observed the surrounding landscape remarked the trees the houses the springs deliberated on the cross-roads was fearful of losing myself yet did not do so in a word i was no longer in the empyrean but precisely where i found myself or sometimes perhaps at the end of my journey never farther i am in recounting my travels as i was in making them loath to arrive at the conclusion my heart beat with joy as i approached my dear madame de varence 
but i went no faster on that account i love to walk at my ease and stop at leisure a strolling life is necessary to me travelling on foot in a fine country with fine weather and having an agreeable object to terminate my journey is the manner of living of all others most suited to my taste it is already understood what i mean by a fine country never can a flat one though ever so beautiful appear such in my eyes i must have torrents fir-trees black woods mountains to climb or descend and rugged roads with precipices on either side to alarm me i experienced this pleasure in its utmost extent as i approached chambery not far from a mountain which is called pas de l'echelle above the main road which is hewn through the rock a small river runs and rushes into fearful chasms which it appears to have been millions of ages in forming the road has been hedged by a parapet to prevent accidents which enabled me to contemplate the whole descent and gain vertigos at pleasure for a great part of my amusement in these steep rocks is they cause a giddiness and swimming in my head which i am particularly fond of provided i am in safety leaning therefore over the parapet i remained whole hours catching from time to time a glance of the froth and blue water whose rushing caught my ear mingled with the cries of ravens and other birds of prey that flew from rock to rock and bush to bush at six hundred feet below me in places where the slope was tolerably regular and clear enough from bushes to let stones roll freely i went a considerable way to gather them bringing those i could but just carry which i piled on the parapet and then threw down one after the other being transported at seeing them roll rebound and fly into a thousand pieces before they reached the bottom of the precipice near chambery i enjoyed an equally pleasing spectacle though of a different kind the road passing near the foot of the most charming cascade i ever saw the water which is very rapid shoots from the top of an excessively steep mountain falling at such a distance from its base that you may walk between the cascade and the rock without any inconvenience but if not particularly careful it is easy to be deceived as i was for the water falling from such an immense height 
separates and descends in a rain as fine as dust and on approaching too near this cloud without perceiving it you may be wet through in an instant at length i arrived at madame de varens she was not alone the intendant general was with her without speaking a word to me she caught my hand and presenting me to him with that natural grace which charmed all hearts said this sir is the poor young man i mentioned deign to protect him as long as he deserves it and i shall feel no concern for the remainder of his life then added addressing herself to me child you now belong to the king thank monsieur the intendant who furnishes you with the means of existence i stared without answering without knowing what to think of all this rising ambition almost turned my head i was already prepared to act the intendant myself my fortune however was not so brilliant as i had imagined but it was sufficient to maintain me which as i was situated was a capital acquisition i shall now explain the nature of my employment king victor amade judging from the event of preceding wars and the situation of the ancient patrimony of his fathers that he should no longer be able to maintain it wished to drain it beforehand resolving therefore to tax the nobility he ordered a general survey of the whole country in order that it might be rendered more equal and productive this scheme which was begun under the father was completed by the son two or three hundred men part surveyors who were called geometricians and part writers who were called secretaries were employed in this work among those of the latter description madame de varens had got me appointed this post without being very lucrative furnished the means of living eligibly in that country the misfortune was this employment could not be of any great duration but it put me in train to procure something better as by this means she hoped to ensure the particular protection of the intendant who might find me some more settled occupation before this was concluded i entered on my new employment a few days after my arrival and as there was no great difficulty in the business soon understood it thus after four or five years of unsettled life folly and suffering since my departure from geneva i began for the first time to gain my bread with credit
these long details of my early youth must have appeared trifling and i am sorry for it though born a man in a variety of instances i was long a child and am so yet in many particulars i did not promise the public a great personage i promised to describe myself as i am and to know me in my advanced age it was necessary to have known me in my youth as in general objects that are present make less impression on me than the bare remembrance of them my ideas being all from recollection the first traits which were engraven on my mind have distinctly remained those which have since been imprinted there have rather combined with the former than effaced them there is a certain yet varied succession of affections and ideas which continue to regulate those that follow them and this progression must be known in order to judge rightly of those they have influenced i have studied to develop the first causes the better to show the concatenation of effects i would be able by some means to render my soul transparent to the eyes of the reader and for this purpose endeavour to show it in every possible point of view to give him every insight and act in such a manner that not a motion should escape him as by this means he may form a judgment of the principles that produce them did i take upon myself to decide and say to the reader such is my character he might think that if i did not endeavour to deceive him i at least deceived myself but in recounting simply all that has happened to me all my actions thoughts and feelings i cannot lead him into an error unless i do it wilfully which by this means i could not easily effect since it is his province to compare the elements and judge of the being they compose thus the result must be his work and if he is then deceived the error will be his own it is not sufficient for this purpose that my recital should be merely faithful they must also be minute it is not for me to judge of the importance of facts i ought to declare them simply as they are and leave the estimate that is to be formed of them to him i have adhered to this principle hitherto with the most scrupulous exactitude and shall not depart from it in the continuation but the impressions of age are less lively than those of youth i began by delineating the latter should i recollect the rest with the same precision 
the reader may perhaps become weary and impatient but i shall not be dissatisfied with my labour i have but one thing to apprehend in this undertaking i do not dread saying too much or advancing falsities but i am fearful of not saying enough or concealing truths end of section 18 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey end of confessions volumes 3 and 4 by Jean-Jacques Rousseau, anonymously translated.